The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. This is the Straight Up Breakdown Podcast. Exclusively on the Herd App Media Network. Tell it to me straight up. Hello, and welcome into the Straight Up Breakdown Podcast, proudly part of the Hale Varsity Network. I am Greg Smith. Your This week has gone by way too fast, friend, and so I keep losing track of what day it is. Uh, today, I am joined by Husker Volleyball legend and three-time Olympic medalist Jordan Larson. Jordan, thank you so much for being on the show. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm very well. So it's interesting, this, this show, and we've done this a couple of times um, where I've had someone on um, that we we change up the, the show format just a little bit for it. And you get to be, I think, person number three or four that gets that kind of esteemed uh, note on their uh, ledger for being on the show. So I appreciate that. Um, we we met at the Nebraska Public Media um, live taping of, of the show that they had that is actually going to air um, Thursday, July 23rd. Um, so by the time this goes live, it will have already aired. Um, it's Title IX, 50 Years in the Making. You were a part of that panel. Um, so I guess we'll go, I want to start there uh, before we get into a wide range of things that I want to talk to you about. I guess, how did you? How did it come to be that you were a part of that? And I guess, how was your experience working with Nebraska Public Media and talking about such an important topic? Yeah, um, goodness, it's it probably started um, maybe six months ago or something like that, probably even longer. The conversation, uh, one of the producers had reached out and like, hey, I have this vision. Obviously, this um, year is huge, celebrating 50 years, and um, it's it's awesome. And uh, it's something that I, um, I just wanted to be a part of, obviously, being um, a woman athlete in the sports world, like it's it's obviously I have a lot to be thankful for. Right. And I think that my experiences and things that I've been able to do have been second to none, right. They've been great. And so, um, but I think being a part of the panel was going to allow me to have this perspective of like how far we've come and how Mm -hmm. kind of where we can go from this point. And so, I don't know. It was just really, really cool to to be able to to do that and to be a part of it. And um, yeah, it was really fun to, to learn kind of, and be grateful for everybody that has come before me and, and my experience. And now how can we continue to push, push more um, for the future? Yeah. I thought that that was really one of the things that struck me about the panel was hearing everyone's different perspective on kind of where they kind of picked up in kind of title nine's history, right? So you had a, a wide range of, you know, from Carol Frost that it was kind of right before that um, to you who was at the end of that, right. Or not the end of it, but has his closer is now. Right. And yep. so it, it was just a nice range of folks. And I'm glad that you mentioned kind of, you know, it, it that's a learning experience in itself, right? To be yep. able to see so many different women's perspective um, that had such varied um, experiences as what was happening around with Title IX and their athletic experience. I thought that was really unique. Yeah, it was cool. Very cool. 
Yeah, absolutely. Hey guys, before we get to Coach Speak, I've got a fantastic opportunity for you to work for a rapidly growing company that enjoys the benefits earned with having a competitive, stable history of over 20 years, FCS Edge. FCS Edge is a leading technology innovator serving governmental agencies. They support some of the world's largest patent offices throughout the U.S. and Europe, including European Patent Office, the German Trademark and Patent Office, plus the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office. Their team is constantly growing and they're always looking for new people to join their mission. Check out available jobs today at www.jobsatfsc.com. That's www.jobsatfsc.com. And so now one of the things too, is that, you know, with you now getting into coaching, right. And when you're kind of turning your attention to that, and obviously you've been coached a lot by various people and you've mentioned um, kind of in that talk, some of like um, the mentors and things that have kind of shaped kind of your career and your outlook on sports and life. But I guess a kind of a broad one, it, what do you now, as you get into coaching, I guess, what do you want your coaching style to be and how do you hope that that comes across? Yeah, um, I think a lot of some of the, I've been able to play for a lot of great coaches in my career. And I think the one thing that has always stuck out to me is that I think there's so many different ways to do skills in volleyball, right? And I think everybody has a new way of teaching and how they teach and, and kind of, but I think it's remaining open to the athlete and more having a conversation. Hey, like, this is how I maybe see it and what has made like made me successful, but that doesn't always mean that that's going to make you successful. And so I think being open to having that conversation and finding ways that kind of make sense to the athlete and having them buy into something bigger than themselves versus me just kind of having this top down approach of like, Hey, you know, well, this is what I think. And, you know, your opinion doesn't matter kind of thing versus like, no, let's have a conversation. Let's talk about it. What do you see? What do you feel? How is it? you know, if you apply it, like, what does it look like? And so I think that's kind of the understanding and thing I want to like kind of portray and yeah, do you think that that's something too? And that's, it's interesting that you said that because I feel like that's something that a I think is found in in successful coaches. I think coaches across all sports, um, in a way, kind of feel that way that they need to be able to relate to players, but also get their input. But I also wonder if you think that that's something that is a younger coach mentality that that has not always been the case where you need to prioritize being able to take input from players. Yeah, no, I, I definitely, I'm, I, I think that's, I, I don't know. I just think in general, right. We're getting smarter in areas that maybe we, you know, weren't I'm not saying that it was bad uh, coaching before, because I think that I wouldn't be the player I am to have a different style of coaching, you know? So, but I do think that we are understanding better how to understand the athlete, where they're coming from. And obviously there's a lot of other not issues, but other things going on with the athlete nowadays, like a lot more distractions and other things that are pulling them in other directions. And so being able to, to fully relate to them and how can we get the best out of them versus like, um, more of aggression or, you know, that kind of mentality. Cause, but I do think that there, again, like I, I've had different kind of coaches like that and it's worked for me. And I do think there are, are athletes mm -hmm. that, that do strive in that environment as well. So it's, I think just getting to know the athlete understanding and then being able to, to kind of coach accordingly. 
Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, so you mentioned like um, all of the things that kind of come with being a student athlete. And one of the things that basically I feel like I talk to everyone now, um, especially former athletes that are recently athletes, um, NIL, it comes up all the time. Right. Um, and so I want to kind of phrase it this way. Hey, how do you think you would have handled that having that option in college? And B, do you ever stop and think like, damn, I would have made a lot of money doing this, yeah. you know, as <laughs> Jordan Larson at Nebraska yeah. volleyball? Yeah, for sure. I go, I go back and forth. I think it's, um, I think it's cool that the athletes now get a kind of benefit off of that. Um, I do hope that it doesn't take away from the experience for them. I think it's just, again, another added thing that's pulling them away from maybe, you know, being the best like student they can be and being the best athlete they can be. And so I think, you know, not only do they have, you know, studies, they have athletics and then social life. And now you're adding, adding NIL. It's just another layer of complexity on how they can balance all of that. And so I think it's just being, being aware of that. Um, but I do think it's, it's good that they could, you know, save up and be able to like, you know, have something coming out of college. Um, yeah, I, I think that's, that's kind of my view on it, but for sure, it's kind of like, well, I wish I could have done that. But then I also think like I got an education too, right? Like that yeah. is worth something. And, um, you know, it's not technically dollars, you know, but it's, right. you know, my parents didn't have to pay for that. So that's, that's in itself, like advantageous as well. Yeah, absolutely. But I also think, too, that it's one of those things that and I've talked to a number of people about this is that the the era that we're in now, like I feel like people focus so much on, hey, you know, kids can get, you know, X amount of dollars, you know, for being, you know, a college athlete. But there's a, a whole kind of thing that's missed, in my opinion, of excuse me, the education piece of it that goes along with that, right? And I still feel like, and I really believe this, that we're going to look up like five, 10 years from now, maybe even, and think and look back and see all these athletes or former athletes that started businesses because they learned something through all of this in, in like also combination with what they were learning in school. Like, I really think that that opportunity is there, but it's not as fun for people to talk about right now as it is like, Hey, X recruit got this much money to come play football somewhere. Like, I just feel like that part gets totally overlooked. Exactly. I, I agree with you. And I do think it's, there are uh, added, you know, advantages to it, not just the solely, you know, income from it. So for sure. And I think being able to understand that and have that, especially if you're going on to play pro and understanding the complexities of that as well, I think is important. So yeah, absolutely. And, yeah. and it's two and two, like one of the things that um, like two that I like to talk to you about um, former athletes, I had Brie Cassidy who played softball at Nebraska on a couple of weeks ago. And I asked her this question. It's very broad, um, but, it, but you'll, you'll get me here. If how do you think that being at the University of Nebraska shaped you as a person? Um, yeah, I think for me, the one reason I chose the University of Nebraska was because it was close to home and being around family and friends uh, was really important to me. And so I think not only was being close to home important, but I think the university was an extension of family and friends, right? Like it was an extension that felt it was home for me and it was very comfortable for me. And I think it set me up for success because obviously I went on to play pro and all that stuff, but I think the environment that the volleyball team was in, like allowed me to get comfortable playing in front of big crowds, um, understanding like the stress of being able to perform at a high level because they're obviously a very good team and, you know, results were um, important. And so I think, 
Um, and then obviously too, on the education side of it, right? Like they take great care of their student athletes as far as, you know, being able to have tutors and just having the, the capacity to, um, have their athletes, um, you know, be not only great athletes, but great students, you know? So I think that, that helped me kind of learn time management, understanding how to study all those things kind of led into, into that. So you know, too, you mentioned the kind of the pressure and being able to get used to playing at like that high of a level. Was that something that you think you appreciated during your college career? Or did that take a little bit of time afterwards for you to step back and go, eh, that actually might have been good for me? Yeah, no, I do think I do think that um, I I've, I feel like at the time I felt like that. But for sure, <laughs> now knowing what I know, I, I definitely did not. Um, and so I think um, I, I do wish and, uh, regret kind of being a little bit more present and understanding of like the scenario, but I do, I feel like at the time I expressed gratitude, but I know now like how much like it does mean to me and it did mean to me. Yeah. It's so funny because we, you always tell younger people like, Oh, enjoy what's happening. Like be in the moment, all of that. And like, they're like, yeah, whatever. Like, like I am, I am, but you don't fully realize like how much you aren't until after something like that. Right. Like it takes a little bit of time and reflection to be like, okay, I I think I could have enjoyed that a little bit more or like, you said, express even more gratitude uh, about those situations. Exactly. Exactly. So what like another thing too, and obviously you, you um, played for uh, Coach John Cook, and and I am consistently amazed at obviously at the run of success that he's had, and and it's been so sustained. Um, and, and so I want to ask it this way: I ask you this, what is it about him that you think allows him to continue to have this type of run for this long? Um, yeah, that's, um, I think he works really hard. Right. I think like in order to be at that high level consistently, like he has to work pretty hard. And so, um, that, and then I think he, he has a good vision on things, you know, like even for me, like when I first came in, like, Hey, you want to play at the highest level? Like, cool. Like we're going to do everything that we can to try and put you in that position now, you know, like here's a plan kind of thing. And so I think, um, that would be two things that kind of stick out to me would be kind of for those reasons. Okay. It, which is interesting because it feels like too now is that one of the, the, I don't know if the best things about Husker volleyball is a way to phrase it, but one of the, like to me really unique things is, is you know that you're coming in with such other, so many other high level players that it feels like the internal competition almost forces you sometimes to raise your level of play. Like, I guess, is that, is that something that you feel when you're in the program? Um, yeah, for sure. I mean, I think like with anything, there's yeah external stresses and things that, you know, kind of raise that. So I think just being, yeah, yeah, aware of that. And I do think that that has helped kind of, yeah, raise the level in general. But yeah, I, de- I definitely did feel that for sure. Okay. And one, one of the things um, that, that you noted uh, during the talk uh, for Nebraska Public Media is that, you know, you've been all over the world, right? So you've been, I, name a place you've been there. So a fun one for you um, that I was just kind of curious about. So which place did you go to? And you were like, dang, I don't know about this food. And then you were like, oh, crap, that's really good. Like, which place did you end up really liking the food and you didn't expect it? Oh, goodness. That's tough. Because I have a pretty, like, large palate. Like, yeah. I can really, like, eat 
eat anything. So like, there's nothing that I'm like, Oh, I don't know if I can eat it. And sometimes it's like, well, this is literally the only thing I can eat. So I better eat it. And otherwise I'm going to go hungry. So, um, but I would say that the, and in China, there was a couple places that I've been that have been a little bit questionable as far as some of those things go. But, um, in general, it's like, again, like that's the only option. So what are you going to do? Starve? No, you're going to figure it out. And yeah. So I would say, yeah, in China, there was some places where I was like, mm, I don't know, but then it ended up being pretty good. So. Gotcha. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not that adventurous, man. I don't, I don't know if I like, but you, like you said, you kind of have to do it or you yep. won't eat. Um, but I've always wondered that because it's, it's just fascinating to me about, you know, you grow up with one thing and then you just got to get adjusted to a whole different style of, of yeah. food um, to basically, and you've got a fuel, right. To be able to play um, sports at a high level too. It's just fascinating to me. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. So, you know, another thing too, um, is that, so as you kind of look and, and reflect back on your career, I guess, what is something that you feel like you had to work really hard to overcome kind of like a, a hurdle moment, so to speak, to be able to push through? Have you, do you have any of those that you can think of? Oh, goodness. Um... I think for me, when I, I lost my mom, like that was probably like one of the harder times in my life. I think obviously like she uh, was a really big like advocate for me. And like, obviously when you lose someone, like one lose a parent and then like, she was probably like my closest, like who I was closest to. Um, I think when you, when you lose that, like trying to navigate and understand that, um, and how to like keep moving forward, you know, like life is never going to be the same, but like, you're right. going to try to find a new normal. Um, I think was definitely tough. And I think obviously that was external from volleyball. Right. But I think okay. having that support definitely translated to things on the court. Um, and then I would say there was times, I mean, I think throughout my career, you know, like, can I do this anymore? Right. Like is, you know, it, as I've gotten older, it's like, man, am I at the age where I should be doing this anymore? You know, I think there was like, all those doubts creep in often and probably more often than people maybe realize. Okay. Um, and so, but I also think it's like as a high level athlete, like in order for us to keep pushing the envelope, like we kind of have to keep ourselves like down here sometimes and kind of like, mm. Hey, but remember this or, you know, but also remembering like how to get back to being good. So it's definitely like creating a little bit of doubt and, or creating a little bit more, um, sorry, in my mind, I doubt myself more than probably other people think. So, um, yeah, just those are, I do think that people would be surprised to hear that though. I, I do think yeah. that like on uh, uh, average, a person would say, well, damn, that's Jordan Larson. Like, why would you be like doubting yeah. yourself? But it happens to everyone. I feel like people say that and they're like, no, everyone, no matter who they are, have those moments of self doubt, um, and things that they need to overcome. Or they think, like you said, like, man, am I getting older or too old to do this? So like, how do you continue then to like reinvent yourself and push through that so that you can continue? you to show up and make sure that, Hey, you know, I'm still here. I'm still me. I can do this thing. Yeah. Um, I do a lot of vis visualization and then also I do a lot of like, um, I go back and watch like good moments in my career or times where I felt like, Hey, like in this moment, like I felt confident and like, 
I felt like myself. Um, so just kind of rehashing that in my, in my mind. So not only feeling it with like, Hey, Jordan, you're not that good or all, you know, the self doubt, you know, but being able to be like, no, okay. But here's when you were good and how you feel good and all those things. So, um, I think just being able to, to do that is, is important. So. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. This is it. We've got an Amex platinum pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate, how a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word, Broomgate. So I like that. So when you're not like being awesome at volleyball, what do you like to do in your spare time? Um, I just like to spend time with family and friends and, uh, I recently got into golf during quarantine. So that was awesome. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I've, um, yeah, been really, uh, really trying to explore that space. Um, otherwise, honestly, I don't have that much time off. So just trying yeah. to like take some, take some time and, and relax. So, so were, were you good or decent at golf when you first started doing it? Uh, you know, I, I, was always like kind of not always around it, but my dad would take me out randomly. And so mm. I think I've always been able to like hit the ball pretty well. Like my eye hand coordination, I guess is yeah. pretty, is pretty good. So <laughs> yeah. I've been okay at it, but it's definitely one of those sports where you're like, I swear I'm hitting it the same. Like, why is it not going in the same direction? You know? <laughs> right. So all those things have been playing into it. So um, yeah, just being, yeah, it's a, uh, it's definitely being okay with being a learner. So <laughs> yes, like staying in yeah. that learner mindset um, is something that I think most people could benefit from, but yeah. you definitely get there when you're trying to play golf. Like, I don't like it. I, that's one of those things that I wish I was better at um, just because it can be relaxing, right? If you yeah. actually are, but you have to, I feel like you have to have a base level of decent at golf for it to be a fun time for you to be out there. Otherwise you're out there like me throwing clubs, yeah. like kicking the ball <laughs> And trying to cheat like it just doesn't go well um, sure. when, when i'm out there <laughs> like it's, it's just weird it's so frustrating but now i'm gonna keep trying because i, I want to get better at it like, yeah gotta, for sure you, you might as well trying. right 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 um so one of the things too like and i want to i definitely have to ask you with, before i get you out of here is 
pro volleyball leagues. So I, I was talking to producer Cam about this before you came on, and we were just kind of just chatting back and forth about why it is that that hasn't necessarily taken off as much as some people think it should. I guess, why first, why do you think it hasn't? Um, and do you think that that can change moving forward? Yeah, um, I do think it can change. And I do think that there is a time right now where they're like trying to, there's a push for women in sport and professional mm -hmm. sports and uh, kind of putting them in front of people, you know? And so right. I think that that's encouraging. Um, I think it's, it, it is odd because I think volleyball is now like one of the most played youth sports like in America. And so like, there's a, definitely a capacity for it. And uh I feel like there's a need for it, but also I'm a volleyball person, right? So right. I think it's, but to me, it's an exciting sport to watch. And obviously, like when you think about Olympic Games and like what's being broadcasted often is beach volleyball, right? But even there's a space that that could be grown even more. And so um, I thought um, from the Title IX um, show the other other day, I thought Coach Booth had put it perfectly. It's like we, we don't have necessarily like a male counterpart that is, mm -hmm. Than, bigger than us that we can kind of like grow off of them a little bit and so and it's unfortunate because too like if you look at Europe right it's the opposite right male like men's volleyball overseas is much uh, higher watched than okay. maybe women's volleyball in some areas and so it's just interesting understanding our dynamic here and how we haven't still been able to like push the envelope in that area so um I, I do think there's a space for it. And I know there are talks happening and things that are happening. I just hope that it's something that can be sustained and, and that girls that are, you know, younger than me are able to like see the vision and see a possibility, right? Like I knew I wanted to play in the Olympics, but I didn't know that it meant that I had to go live overseas for eight months <laughs> out of the year, you know, all these things. So I just think that one, there's more awareness around it and it's more in the public eye. So I think it's, that's important. So yeah, absolutely. Um, and it's definitely important. And I hope it happens um, and continues to take off. And those conversations continue to happen because you just think about like, um, I think Coach Cook was the one that said this on that show as well. Um, and that little cutscene that he had was that um, or the roundtable that he did about the TV inventory when it comes to the Big Ten, like the Big Ten is like tripping over themselves to get volleyball on TV. And so obviously it's being watched. It's just continuing to raise that awareness and continuing to get it out there. Um, yeah. I think that it could take off. I, I would be really fascinated to see that uh, continue to take shape. Uh, now, every week we end the show with my favorite segment of the show called Put Them on Blast, where we basically put someone on blast for something that they did or said. Put them on blast. Um, I'm going to go first this week, uh, and I'm actually going to go um, with a baseball team Team. And we haven't, I don't know if they've ever come up on the show um, a single time before, but it is um, Los Angeles Angels. Um, they, it seems like every time you hear about the Angels, it is something where Shohei Otani or Mike Trout are doing something amazing, but then it just happens that the Angels lost. And Otani did another great thing um, just here recently where he, in back to back games, he struck out 13 batters in a 5 0 run, um, establishing a career high in his 47th MLB start. He retired. 23 of the last 24 batters that he faced um, the night before that he went nuts at the plate hitting a pair of three run homers and had eight RBIs in an extra innings game 
And they are now, I think, arousing four games under 500. And it seems like all the time, like that team has two of the biggest stars in baseball. And Shohei Otani is like as marketable as anyone um, in all of baseball. Mike Trout is in his own way. It's just kind of weird because you never see him. And I feel like he could walk in my high V and I wouldn't know him. Um, and I feel like that's on purpose. Uh, but also that's a part of uh, the Angels and, pro- and part of them not making the playoffs enough. So for all of that um, and much more. The Angels need to go on blast, and that is my pick uh, for this week for having these two generational talents um, and not being able to put it enough around them. That's amazing. Yeah, I the fact that you can <laughs> – I should watch more sports. The fact that you know all that, I'm like, wait, what's <laughs> happening? Um, and mine's probably not going to be, like, as great, but I uh, – what's the offensive – no, uh, defensive tackle for – LA Rams that just signed like uh, Aaron Mark. Donald. Yeah, Aaron Donald. So he he actually works out like pretty close to our home. And so I yeah. like have been able to like obviously see him like working out. Like he's mm-hmm. he's bigger than you would expect. But it, it's impressive to me that like <laughs> right, like everybody's like, same as Tom Brady, like you're gonna retire, you're gonna retire, and then all of a sudden he just comes out and just lands this, what is it, ninety-five million dollar contract or something ridiculous? Yeah, something like that. And it just makes me think like obviously these guys are pretty like getting up there, right? So I think it's uh I'm gonna put them on blast for their age, but it may, I that means also I'm putting myself on blast because <laughs> right. I'm also like equivalent to them, but it's also like, man, maybe I can still do it. So um yeah, no, but it's pretty cool and I just think, well, why give it up if you still love it? So I don't know if that even. <laughs> no, that counts. That I'm definitely like, counts. It, it, yeah, it counts. But it's right. also it's also interesting, though, because it's something that I feel like has come up in sports. Like, and it's across the board is how players are playing longer um, in their sports. And they're like playing at a higher level at I don't want to say advanced ages. We're the same age. So I don't want to be like advanced ages because that, that now I got to put myself on blast. Um, but like, it's just, it's, it's interesting to see that evolution of sport, right? Is that I think part of that is, is that people are able to take care of their bodies in a much better way. Um, and there's so much science and information out there. Um, and there's such a, I think a, a lot of high level athletes commitment to being able to make sure you're taking care of your body so you can stay playing at that high of a level as well. It's just fascinating to me because I don't know how long I would be able to have that level of dedication either. For sure. For sure. Yeah, no, it's, it's impressive. So yeah, it definitely is. Now that's going to do it for us this week. Uh, make sure you're checking out the, uh, the podcast. Subscribe to the podcast everywhere that you listen to them. Rate us and leave us a five-star review. If you leave four, I'm inclined to think you're a hater and nobody wants that. Make sure that you're checking out the other podcasts on the Hill Varsity Network, the Mind Your Own Podcast, Varsity Club, the Brass and Preps Post Game Show, and the Hill Varsity Radio Show. Also, make sure you're checking out, subscribe to the YouTube channel for Hill Varsity. You can find me back on there with another recruiting question of the week. You can also get after us on Twitter at Greg Smith HV and at Jordan Larson 10. Jordan, thanks so much for being on. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, we'll catch you guys next week. A Huda Media Production.